Hello and welcome to The Thing About Golf, a podcast series from Golf Australia magazine where we explore just what it is that draws people to this, the most maddening stick and ball game of them all. My name's Rod Murray and each month I'll be bringing you these hopefully entertaining talks with a broad cross-section of the golf community. And they all have the one goal. We are endeavouring to answer that one simple question. What is the thing about golf? In this series, we'll meet golfers who are famous and golfers who are not. But what we guarantee about each and every one of our guests is that they will be interesting. Because that's the criteria to get the call up from the thing about golf. On today's episode, we have the remarkable story of one of the finest amateur players of recent times, that you've likely never heard of. A player whose career trajectory goes against almost all accepted golf wisdom. A player who didn't take up the game until they were 24 and didn't get serious about it until their early 40s, but who to this day, at the age of 56, continues to play off a plus handicap. That is the extraordinary story you're going to hear today. That is the story of Sue Wooster. Let's start at this end of your golf career, right. then I want to go all the way back okay. and work Sounds our good. way back to here. There's no delicate way to ask this question, Sue. How old are you? I am 56. And what's your handicap at GA? Uh, plus two. And what's your handicap US? I think it's about plus four, plus five. I can tell you it's plus 4.9. Yeah. Golf's a little bit easier over there sometimes. <laughs> that, well, that tells you something about the handicapping system. <laughs> yeah, that's not really that accurate. I'm not really, probably not really a plus five. It tells but, us uh, something about you too, though, doesn't it, Sue? At To maintain a golf game at that level, mm. at any stage of life, requires work and commitment and effort. Not a lot. Even the really good players, particularly those who stay amateur, are prepared to put in that sort of time and effort and work. Mm for as long as you clearly have, to still be playing this level at this age. What is it about golf? Uh, well, you know, I've always been a very competitive person and golf satisfies that for me. Um, and I'm a goal setter. And um, I think with golf, you, you never quite get there. So there's always goals you can set mm-hmm. to improve. Plus six, for example. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really one of my goals. But <laughs> no, I understood. <laughs> achievable goals. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I, it's what I do. It's what I've done for a long time and it's what I enjoy doing and, uh, um, you know, it, it satisfies a lot of things in my life that I, you know, I, I meet new people, you know, I get to socialise, I get friends from it, um, keeps me fit, you know, to achieve those goals I have to stay fit. Um, and, you know, there's just, you know, new challenges, you know, new tournaments to play in. Um, it's getting harder. It's getting harder on my – sometimes I feel like my competitiveness um, is waning. <laughs> yes. And I have to dig deep sometimes to find it, mm-hmm. but it's always there still. Mm-hmm. And at some point I'll decide to wind down and – I know, won't be too far away <laughs> – wind down and, you know, just spend some more time with the grandkids and maybe just travel and play golf a bit more fun. More sort of social golf rather yeah, than competitive. Yeah, Because you play a fairly – Hectic international schedule. We'll come to that yep. shortly. How much time a week do you think you devote to golf, to maintain a golf game at this level? Not much at the moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I have other things that I do in my life besides mm-hmm. golf, so it's not full-time. Um, 
I probably need to devote more time than I'm devoting. I don't really... I'm just sort of, at the moment I'm having a little bit of sort of time off. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, if I have a game of golf, I might warm up for an hour and that's kind of like my practice at the moment. It's not really practice because okay. that's just warm up. And, you know, sometimes I might do a bit of putting practice. I probably only spend about three hours a week on my game. But um, I've got just a few ish- few things going on back at home. So once that's cleared up, I need to start preparing for the US Senior Open, which is on in early May. So I have got to... Um, Set some goals. Better get your skates on soon. (laughs) It's just around the corner. I know. I've got to get moving. So in another week or two, I'll be putting a lot more uh, work into practice and start thinking about what sort of game I need and where the standard I need to get to. Um, It's not not far away. It's just a bit scratchy at the moment. Mm. It doesn't take me long. You know, a couple of weeks of hard practice and I'll be pretty pretty good, I think. I guess what I'm trying to get at is... The commitment for, for some people, the notion of three hours a week working mm. on golf would be unthinkable. Mm. Either they don't have it, yeah, or they're just not prepared to. Give it. The truth is, for most of us, we're not prepared to give it. We choose to do other things instead. There's a mm. real choice, isn't there, at that level? For every hour you spend doing golf, you've yeah. given up an hour doing something else. Your grandmother, right. as you said, yeah. so, so you're making legit, not life changing sacrifices, but sacrifices, aren't you? Yes, I am. Um, but then it's like if I'm going to play that competitive golf at that level, I don't have any choice. Mm-hmm. And there's times when I go out to practice and, as I said, in a few weeks I'll be doing more practice. Well, I don't want to do it. Well, I used to love practice. Right. I don't love it like I used to love it, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but I know that there's no point in competing at that level if you don't practice. No. Do you need less practice the longer you've been doing it? Yes, you it? do. Yeah. yeah. Well, for one reason, you can't you physically can't do mm-hmm. the practice. You have to be careful. You you know you have to weigh it up. You know you can't a wear yourself up before you get to a tournament because you've got a long road ahead in a tournament, especially a semi two hole event with practice before and everything. And you don't want to get injured, so you have to be fresh. And just off tournament season, when you do need to practice and get those skills honed in, um, you you can't practice like you, as you get older. Your body just can't Doesn't deal allow, with it. It Doesn't allow. You don't have the energy. You get injured more easily. Mm-hmm. So it takes longer you have to, to recover if you yeah, do injure yourself. Like that, us older ones. And um, but I think when you've been playing for a while, and if your skills are half decent, it's just a matter of just refining them. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're not starting from scratch no. like when you're young and mm-hmm. you go and you know, you're through that process of finding your swing and you know it gets. You know, and you've got coaching and then, you know, you've got to go backwards to go forwards and, you know, there's that many things you have to work on. But I think I'm at that level now where, you know, I pretty much play pretty consistent even when I don't practice. And I know that if I bought some a, a solid couple of weeks into my game, I can get as good as I can get at it. It doesn't it's not going to take me six months or anything. What are the strengths of your game, Sue? How do you play off... I don't mean to harp on this, but but at 56, mm. you're quite slight. There's not a lot yeah. of you, so I'm yeah. guessing you don't bomb at 300 yards. Yeah, to play, off, <laughs> to play off plus three, yeah. how do you do that with your game? How do you make that happen? I think um, um, I hit it fairly accurately. I mean, obviously, if you hit it 300 yards, you're going to hit it more crooked. You'd get to plus six, though, get, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> if you would. Hit it 300, would, you would. Someone can tell me how to do that. I'd be yeah. happy to listen. Um, I guess... Because I have that accuracy, then I'm not really having big numbers. Mm-hmm. So there's that thing. That, that's one point. Um, and I've got good course management, I believe, and that comes through years of experience, mm-hmm. you know, and um, knowing what not to do as well as what to do. 
uh, um, pretty solid at short putting, like holding out for uh-huh. those, you know, making those pars where yeah. you've got to get it up and down if you and, miss the green. And that and legitimately gets harder the more years and the more scar tissue you build up too, don't you? It does. You have that database of all the bad the, parts. The more three-footers yeah. that matter. I'm definitely matter. not as good a putter as I used to be. Yeah. And I still think that's in me, but sometimes I think that's part of it. You can't get away from no, that. No. You know, that's just part of being older. It's yeah. just – it's like – you have a lot of other things that you've got wisdom about when you're older in that mm. database, which is positive. But with putting, <laughs> you've really got to um, so you've got to try and have the approach of young people. Yeah, you know, so just sort of look at it, and they just want to hold it and just let it go. Mm. You know, when I first started playing golf, I was always a good putter when right. I started. Just an, straight I just away, could read greens. I yep. got speed it well. I hold a lot of putts. The picture but I think, in the hands married I think up what, properly. Yeah, I think what changes I as I put more time into my golf and then I started to get a better technique and then I started to hit more greens when I was as opposed to when I was younger when I was younger I'd miss a lot of greens mm-hmm. and had a good imagination with the short game and I'd get a lot of because I was a good putter I'd get a lot of shots up and down mm-hmm. I always felt like I was a good putter because I was having a lot of one putts uh-huh. <laughs> but now I hit a lot of greens it's like two putt yeah. it's two putt you know <laughs> maybe one putt here and there so you don't feel like you're holding as many yeah. but you Less one putts when you hit 17 greens, isn't there? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's that's how it works. Yeah. I want to come back to some of this, Sue, but first I want to go all the way back. I'm curious as to how you've ended up here. Where and how did golf first come into your life? The first time I ever picked up a golf club was with my father when I was about 12 years of age. Mm -hmm. We went out to Hillsville Country Club. They had a nine-hole course there, and um, he just took me out for a walk with him one day and and I said, oh, can I have a go at that? And I just remember the old persimmon wood he had in his bag and hit a couple of shots. And I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. And that's all, it was two, basically two shots. And it just went back into the memory bank, I think. And then uh, I just saw some women's clinics advertised at the local public golf course. And when I was, um, oh, I think it was about 24, I thought, oh, so I'm looking for something you, to do. You had a 12-year gap yeah, between yeah. the first time yeah, you hit I a ball. I didn't play when I was young. Right. Yeah. 24? Yeah. You took it up? Yeah, I was 24 and then um, and I remember going to the ladies' clinic and um, I remember the, the coach said to me, oh, you're quite good at this. So at 24 you take it up, which is late to come yeah. to the game to get as good as you've gotten. That, mm. that is unusual. Normally yeah. you find people have been playing since they were little kids or yeah. mid-teens or perhaps. At 24 when you went off to the clinic, were you one that got bitten by the bug and oh, got obsessed yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah, as most people do straight mm. away. So, you know... You just need to hit the ball in the air when you can get obsessed with golf. <laughs> yeah. Once you've done it once or twice, you yeah, wonder why you can't do it. it's just the feeling of the connection with the club time. and the ball. I don't know what it is. but. Uh-huh. And so how did you then, from there, where did you go? So you start with some ladies. A lot mm-hmm. of the ladies I speak to, that's how it starts. There's so a then group I joined and... the, the public golf course. Mm-hmm. And Which course was that? Where was that? At uh, Dorset in Croydon. I lived right. out that way in the eastern suburbs and um, got a handicap. First handicap of? 14. First handicap <laughs> yeah, 14. 14. Yeah, you know, some of us spend a lifetime and never get to 14 or below. Yeah, that's because I, I, I think I've putted well. <laughs> right. So first thing again, so you would have known, obviously, that you had some natural aptitude. Yeah, yeah. Did you think... I mean, it, I was on a public golf course, so it's not quite like playing down the National or no, Sandbell. But, 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 yeah, it's not... It's, it's not, it's not like handy, chopping it and having air swings yeah, and duffing yeah. it and topping it either. Yeah, so it's, yeah. uh, it's you're, you're clearly competent in the game. Yeah. So at that time, do you recall having goals or wondering how good you might get? Did you say to yourself, I think I can get to scratch or I can be a pro? Or were you just playing and getting better through playing? How did that... Well, actually, what happened... Shortly after that was, 
I become pregnant with twins. As you would. Yes. <laughs> right. So I remember playing golf, pregnant with my twins, and then I got to a point where, as you can imagine... <laughs> It becomes unfeasible. Yeah, well, almost. So, you know, the driver was put back in the bag and I got the five on out, <laughs> right. you know, in the last month or two. So I played right up till they're about 38. No, well, actually, they were premature, so that's, I'm thinking of my next pregnancy. But not long before I gave birth, I was playing golf right. with a five, five on off the tee. So, um, and then obviously there wasn't too much golf for a while. Of course. And then um, I moved down to the country and I played down at Warnable. And sort of got got back into golf, sort of part time. You know, the kids grew up a little bit, and then I did. You miss it when you're away, or were you? Oh, yeah. I used to um, put the kids in the um, playpen. I take them down to the driving range at the local golf course and put them in the playpen because <laughs> when you got twins, they like play together. Sure, and it's yeah. Pretty cute. And did they, you get looks? Did people look at you a bit? Oh, funny probably. Doing I didn't that? care. <laughs> and just to hit golf balls, I just loved it. Okay. I, I mean, I always loved it, and I always. In the back of my mind, wanted to to play. Well, I wasn't sure back then when I started, but like when I went did that, and then I went down to Warner Middle Then I started playing, and I got better at it, and I just loved it, and I just wanted to. Whenever I could touch a golf club, I would. You would. Yeah, and so and then I worked, and I had more children, and mm-hmm. and then in my early forties, I started to play more seriously when just they grew up. So at 24, you have a couple yeah. of twins, you're hooked on the game. Yeah. In your early 40s, there's a big gap in the middle there. You start yeah. to get serious. Yeah, what, sort played, of level, mm. what sort of level are you playing at in between oh, and how are you managing so that? So when I went down to Warnham to play, then I, I I think within six months I was off four handicap. So there's about 16 years in there from 24 yeah. to 40 where you're around that low single digits. What's it like if, if you're a – if you're a bloke playing off that handicap, mm. there's lots of events and things to play and lots of people to play mm. with. Less so for women. How do you maintain the competitive well, design? Where were you playing to, yeah. to get your, your sort of competition? Well, I'd say so between, say, 27 and 40, I guess I was – I played pennant, mm-hmm. Melbourne pennant. Did um, you travel up from yeah, Warrnambool? No. no uh, well, when I was in Warrnambool, for, I wasn't there for a long time. Oh, okay. I was there for a few years. I played down that local pennant. Um, but then I came up to Melbourne and I joined Woodlands when I was about 30, I think. Okay. Played pennant for them for several years. And then um, when my youngest son went to school. How many have you got, by the way? How many kids? I've got four kids. Four kids, okay. Yeah, four boys. That's a handful. When my, yes. Four boys? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and six grandkids, five boys wow. and one. Wow. You haven't got time for golf. <laughs> I know. I lose, lead a busy life. But. Um, so at Woodlands, you're playing pennant. Yeah, so I played pennant. Your- and look, I played it. I played in the odd tournament. I won't play in the Vic Amateur or um, the they had the stroke percentage whole stroke play back then. Um, but in all those years when I was doing that, I used to get a little bit frustrated because I knew that I could be better than I was performing. But I never had any time if to you practice. Had the time to do, you know, it. I never, you know, like Friday was my game. You know, often I played pennant on Friday, and I never used to like winning early. <laughs> <laughs> because because that was my only not game enough golf. golf. That's all you you'd string you know, it out to the seventeenth. Yeah, like if I knew that I was probably just going to win it, I'd like you know I didn't really mind if I lost a couple of holes coming in. Was <laughs> that? Oh goodness! Sports psychologists could have a field day with that. Um, was there then or is there now? And I think we're all guilty of this. You can't help but think, "What if?" Can you see? I think. I asked Lindy Goggin this same thing. She mm. was in a different situation. Had she wanted to, she could have turned professional, yeah. but she didn't want to. I feel like maybe for you, if 
things had been different early in life, maybe you might have considered Oh, that. I think if I didn't have kids, I probably would, would yeah. have followed that path. Mm. Whether I was good enough, that's another thing, but... So you're at Woodlands, you've got four kids, mm. a million things going on. Yeah. And then you mentioned in your early 40s as though something sort of changed. Mm. Your the kids get to a certain age yeah, and you've got more time. Yeah, the kids got, you know, the kids... And you've so still my old, got... oldest boys are 32 now, so, um, you know, they were starting to become quite independent and, um, you know, they're starting to leave home and... Oh, I just had this burning desire to play golf competitively to see how good I could be, to see where I could and get. And built up for yeah, 15 yeah, years, I'm yeah. guessing. and then it built up. That's right. So you're really so driven really, at this stage. Yeah, I'm really driven. So yeah. what handicap are you, what level are you playing at this time when suddenly it becomes clear you're going to be able to have a bit more time? Oh, to I don't know, probably. Still around that four or you're down to scratch or, or two or three? Something okay. like that. Okay. I can't quite remember, but probably not scratch, I don't think. No. So what happened then? So you got to your early 40s, you had the time. What happened? How long did it take for you to sort of... Because it, it's a lot harder to get from four to two and two to scratch yeah. than it is to get from 20 to 10 and 10 yeah. to five. Yeah, it does. It, the, the increments are different. It gets harder and harder yeah, the does. further you go. It so, does. So. so how did that unfold? Because we're going to come to this. Mm. At 48, you qualified for the Interstate Series. Mm. I had to take a good hard look at my whole game mm-hmm. and say, well, if I'm going to compete in against these good play, elite players, what do I have to do to, to compete? And... Um, I need to make some improvements. So I took stock of my game and um, realised I had a lot of um, improvements I had to make. You took stock of your game and you saw that if you wanted to compete, you'd need to change it. What sorts of things? What did you see? Well, I needed to hit the ball further. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to... How far do you hit it, just out of interest? With my driver, probably about 210 metres. Really? I can't, in my mind, comprehend someone can hit the ball 210 metres and play off plus three. Basically. Oh, you mean it's not far enough? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's the automatic assumption. Yeah. Because we watch golf, we read about golf, mm. and everything says, and particularly the modern power game. We might well, come I mean, back to some of that. You but know, you get that handicap off the ladies' tees. Remember? Yeah, still. We're not getting off the men's tees. I understand tees. that, but so that's yeah. Um, I don't just know. By I just... the by, that was just a so. And what else did so you need to hit it a bit further? Yeah. What else did you need to which, do? Which I did. So I hit less than two hundred and ten before. <laughs> So you learned in your 40s how to hit the ball further. So that's, Yeah, I did. That's and, commitment. And, you know, I, I, I worked on my body. Like, I yeah. did a lot of gym work mm-hmm. to get stronger. Um, I've always had a good diet. That's important for mm-hmm. me, um, to have a good diet. Um, so it's almost like a job. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> You have to apply yourself. Sure. You know. What um, are your family saying? What are your kids and your husband? What do they think about this? I imagine golf's probably taking incrementally a bit more time and a bit more time and a bit more time as you're sort of committing to it and really getting involved. How, what sort of impact did that have? You can't well, do it without support, I suppose. Oh, look, my husband's been unbelievable. You know, don't, John, what's your Keith. Keith. Keith, well done, Keith. Shout out to yeah, Keith. Yeah, he's always supported me. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a golfer? Yes, he is. He's a very good golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always supported me and, you know, he, he caddies for me on most of the tournaments. Uh He's always, you know, helping me with my game and he knows my game inside out. He knows the way my brain works. Um, and so he was always supportive. You know, I mean, obviously, sometimes I'm not there because I'm on the golf course mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm sure he'd like me home more. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, overall, he was all for me and he still is for playing competitive golf. That's kind of crucial, isn't it? it. Well, without oh, you that, can't do it you without couldn't it. have done that, could you? Yeah, and I'm sure my kids too, you know... Um, Missed out on some things because I was playing golf. But then I could have been working and had a career as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was working part-time, but just in our business. But, you know, 
I think in the day, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, people need to have their own goals and their own life and their own ambitions to be fulfilled and to be a whole person, you know. And some people are happy staying home with their kids, but I, you know, I need I need something else. Always needed something else, and that's just the way I'm always been. You know, I love my kids to death, but you know, but as I said, I did it when they got older, so. It didn't have that much of an impact on them. It's a bit hippie, I suppose, but that's a whole person thing, isn't it? You Mm. love your kids, but you've got to, you're driven Mm. to see how far you can go with this golf. And you've got a bit of a gift in that way, too. You almost have a responsibility, if you love the game, to do that, don't you? Uh, Well, I have been lucky to have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Very grateful. I mean, it's, you know, a woman of. Or any person of that age that can play golf. I mean, I travel overseas. Mm-hmm. I play golf. I'm not even making money doing it. Mm-hmm. Spending and money doing I'm it. I'm spending money doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm spending my money doing mm-hmm. this. But you've got to spend your money on something. something. You might as well do it on something that you love, mm-hmm. something that you can have great memories. So, um, yeah, sometimes I feel like I have an obligation to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I, I mean, obviously I do it for myself. But I also want to do it to inspire other women in golf and maybe in other things in their life that, you know, don't just think when you get to a certain age it's all over, you know. I'm a big advocate for senior women's golf. Obviously, you know, I'm involved in it. And, um, you know, I think, you know, growing up, there's a lot of men, like there's a lot of male, just mm. even amateur tournaments. Let's Loads not even let's not even go to the professional That's level. Right, yeah. But there are a lot of amateur tournaments that men can play in mm-hmm. um, around Australia, and there's a lot of senior, sorry, senior men, and there's not so many senior women. And you know, if the women the women don't get the opportunity to play in all those events that the men do, they get to play in some of those events. But even when they do get the fields for those events are not that big. Obviously, more men play golf than women. Sure. But I think what ha- what's happened is over the years, back in when I, in my generation... Our generation. Men, yeah, men were... <laughs> our generation. Men were playing golf on the weekends, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Women stopped... Didn't either... A, never took it up, or if they did, they had to stop playing because of their children. That was just the way it worked. Men did... Oh, I'm not saying all men did this, mm. but there's enough men that did that, I believe... They kept their skills up. They got better. And then that's why there's – and more men play, obviously, play sport generally. And so there's a lot more depth in that senior men's field, amateur golf, than the women's. And that's – and so women kind of are taking it up later. And, you know, golf's – any sport's difficult taking it up later in life. Well, to get any good, golf might be the hardest of all, though, later It may be, yeah. Be. I mean, yeah. you can play golf until you're 90. Yeah, yeah I just... Poorly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to get good... Yeah, I think you've got really to train your body a bit younger to yeah. move a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Let's come back to you. So you're in your 40s, mm. you're working hard, you're getting better. Um, did you have goals? What were you, what were you hoping to achieve uh, when you were uh, on this road? Did you have Well, I had the goal to get into the interstate team. Right, so to get into that team, you have to perform in the tournaments. Right. So you have to um, – I'm not sure what, quite what the criteria was, but you had to uh, – from memory maybe was you had to be like in the, on the – maybe it was on the order of merit mm-hmm. – the Australian order of merit ranking system. And uh, so you had to be in the – I don't know, I think the team consisted of six or seven players. So that was my pay, perhaps my goal back then from memory was to get into that 
get my ranking high enough that I could get looked at and then you go into a squad mm-hmm. and there might be a squad of 15 girls and you, you know, you have practice sessions every week for a couple of months and then they'll pick the team from that and you all, so they take in a number of things but it was mainly through your tournament results yeah. and, and performance. And can you remember why you picked that as a goal as opposed to maybe winning the Australian Amateur or... I don't know, any number of other goals? Was there something particular about the interstate team oh, being a part of that? I think the, you know, I thought it would be fun to be in a team, being honoured to represent your state, and I knew no one had done it at my age. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, for me that was a big achievement. And I thought if I can, you know, because I think the youngest at the time, my first uh, time in the team, the youngest was probably like 22 or something, and then there was me at... I, don't, I can't remember, 46 or 47, whatever age it was. And so um, that was a big achievement for me to get into the team because it was everyone else in that 15-team squad was all young too. Mm-hmm. So to get recognised at that age was pretty special. Can you remember the feeling when you got the call-up, when you were told? Was there a phone call? No, we had an announcement. Yeah. So we had the squad... Uh, so all a, 15 of you were around? Yeah, yeah. and we had, a, you know, some of the um, members of Golf Victoria, I think, uh-huh. and Ali Mump was the uh, the manager and I think um, Michelle um, Johnson was at the time. She was Michelle Johnson at the time was the coach. And uh, we got – I got the um, – so we were in this facility at Moona Links, I think, and, yeah, so I got called out and I was just – I remember it now. I was just, like, so thrilled to be representing my state. It was a big – it was a big – yeah, it was one of my best memories, yeah. In the lead-up to that, in that room as there mm. – is that a bit like the Oscars? Probably <laughs> <laughs> not quite like the Oscars, but, but you a know similar what I mean? format <laughs> – I think I've done enough, yeah, but you can't little, know, get, and yeah. I'm sure I'm in. Oh, there's no yeah. chance I'll get there. I'm, yeah. I'm kidding myself. Yeah, well, like I guess others? I felt like I was on the on the on the border. You know, it was yeah. like and maybe you know maybe I could, maybe I, I mightn't. But um, I think Alison Munn had a lot of faith in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she um, knew I could, um, you know, perform at that level, and. Um, I think I'd earn my spot. You're untested at that level in a lot of the interstate yeah. team series. Yeah. And how did you go once that had happened? So I remember it was remember? a very challenging week. I remember Ali said to me, you must by the – so we start on – we have a practice round on the Sunday and we play uh, basically 36 holes nearly every day. And where was this at? Days. Where was uh, the – Peninsula. At Peninsula. North okay. Course. She said, by the end of the week, you've got to be totally spent. Yeah. <laughs> And believe me, I was. Because yeah. I remember we had the we big St Kilda fans in our family and the grand final was on the next day and I remember going out to breakfast with the family near the ground and I virtually couldn't speak. <laughs> I was so mentally and physically exhausted. I think I, um, I was undefeated the whole series. Uh-huh. Yeah. That must be a source of enormous pride because there's enough pressure just being in the team and all of your teammates feel it, but they're at very different mm. stages in life and you're carrying that, I won't call it a burden, but I think you know what I mean, that extra yeah, I, I, you responsibility. Yeah, I thought, yeah, so that is true. Uh, you get into the team and you're like all excited, but then kind of that, you calm down <laughs> from that and you think, oh God, I, I better make sure that I am, mm-hmm. show that I've earned my spot, you know, and, you what know. What was the internal dynamic like? 
because from the outside, us in the media, we immediately go, oh, well, you know, Sue's older than these other ones. She'll be like the mother of the team. I, well, it was a little bit like that. But was that the case? And yeah, how did the other – how did they the, the, treat no, you? How did they oh, react? No, the girls were great. Yeah? Yeah, no, the girls were great. I mean, I, you can't – I mean, when you get to a certain age and you have certain life experiences and you've had kids, I mean, you can't accept being a little bit like that. But I tried to be as much as I could just one of the girls as mm-hmm. well. I wasn't trying to mother them too no, much, no, no, but, but you know, maybe a little bit here and there. But um, I was just trying to be one of the girls, and everyone accepted me. And um, you know, I realised obviously that um, I earned my spot, I believe, and um, got in. I think I was in the side for a couple of years after mm. that. Yeah, which is almost as it's one thing to earn a card on a tour; to keep mm. it is a real achievement. It's one thing to get into a team, but to keep your place in an interstate series that must be an, an equally Though yeah. probably different sense of achievement. And yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it's different than the first time you get selected, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it's still exciting. And um, but then reality sets in, and you have to perform. You got to play. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go through any any other um, season un, undefeated like the first one, but I I played relatively well, I think. But uh, mm. yeah. Of course, in hindsight, so that's all small potatoes because you then blossomed and went on to international. Mm. amateur playing you've played particularly well in big international tournaments mm. when did you first start to think that that was something you'd like to do and when did that become a, a real possibility for uh, you to uh, go overseas and because as you said you're spending your own yeah. money and i imagine your husband goes with you and there's a, yeah there's yes. probably a bit of a holiday element in there yeah, eventually yeah. at some point but obviously as i'm getting older i'm thinking you know it's harder to win an event with the young girls naturally you know and the depth, you know, there's more girls playing and it's getting harder and the score's getting better. All good things, and they but you not off. good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I thought, so my goal was when I turned 50, I could go overseas because 50 is the age for senior golfing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, the rest of the world, Australia's 55. Oh, is it really? Yeah. What is wrong with us here? I don't know, but it should be 50. Yeah, of course it should. For a number of reasons. We won't go there. Um, so it's 55 for men overseas. But there's a reason for that. We won't go there. <laughs> but we'll it should be 50 We're going to run out of battery, but you can tell yeah. me about that later. Yes. Okay. So you realise that you had an opportunity. Yeah. To so I thought, it. okay, now I'm 50. I can win. I want to win. Mm-hmm. I don't just want to be make up the numbers. I want to win. That's what I like doing. So. And, and was it was it the case that you knew you were good enough and you wanted to prove it, or was it the case that you weren't know. sure I you hadn't been over there and done it, so yeah. I didn't know what the competition yeah. was like. But um, so my first event was when I turned 50. You know, uh, quick funny story is that um, I entered in the US Senior Amateur Championship. Uh, you have to qualify to get into that. So the qualifying's not on the Monday before like most tournaments. The qualifying's on like a couple of months before it all, all over the country. In America? Yeah, there's like five, six, seven hundred women trying to qualify. Here. And I'm here. And so gonna... I have to book a ticket to go over there to qualify and then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to book another ticket so, to go over and play in it. So if you play well, you've booked yourself another chunk of money to go back yeah. a couple of months later, yeah. right? So I booked my ticket, and then I enter the event to for the qualifying, and I'm all you know, and I'm not, it's not far away. And then my husband says to me, "I don't think you need to qualify." I said, "Why?" He said, "Because if you're top 500 in the world, oh. um, on the world amateur rankings, mm-hmm. um, you get an exemption." So we checked all that out, so I didn't have to go and qualify, oh. which was pretty cool. <laughs> Save, saved a couple of thousand? Yeah, that's right. And um, so I played in that event and I um, qualified for the match play. So we played two rounds of stroke and I qualified for the match play. And um, 
I was up in Cal- Northern California and I got beaten in the first round. Um, what was it like, though, that experience? That's your first... Well, I realised it wasn't good enough to win a US amateur right. at that time mm-hmm. because you've got to understand in, in the US... Um, it's a different ball game than he was senior golf. In what way? Well, because they've had all their college system. Right. So all the professional – so a lot of those girls that are in college turn pro. So mm-hmm. there's girls that have turned back as amateur that part in the old PGA. Right. You know, and, you know, they're obviously fairly handy golfers still. And a lot of the girls have been playing golf since they were young. Competition all the time. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but yeah, a lot of competition, more than I ever did. So they're, they're really honed in mm-hmm. on this hot with these high level tournaments, and um, you know, and the Americans um, are very competitive, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just I, not that I wasn't competitive; they just show it a different way, <laughs> and I show it a bit more internalised right. with that. Um, what do you mean? They're I, sort of in your face a bit? They're, yeah, they are, yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's just the way they are. Mm. I don't mind it. I, I, d- I don't I see like you it. shrinking from that, Sue, I'd have to say, <laughs> but I don't see you initiating it either. No, but so I sort of went over there and I sort of thought about it and I thought, I was honest with myself, which you need to be. I thought, I'll, okay, I played in it and the event was awesome. A USGA event is like on your bucket mm-hmm. list. <laughs> yeah. It's just an amazing event. It's, they have a lot of money, obviously, so they make it, make it a great event every Details attended to. You get the pyramid of balls on the practice oh, range. Oh yeah, the you whole get your name on, the range, name on the range, and the course is <laughs> in unbelievable condition, and yeah. the courses they play are fantastic, and you know it just goes on and on. And so I thought I want to win one of these. I want and now win. you've got another goal. Is now another goal? I says I'm a goal orientated person. Yeah. I need a goal. Mm-hmm. So I flounder around and don't do anything. So that was my goal, but I thought, well, that only happens once a year, so you have to get your game to the a level good enough to better win it and B, you have to have it at the right Peaking time. at the right time. So it's like, well, that's one week a year. That's a goal, but I've got to do some other stuff besides for one week a year. Although I guess Olympians do that, don't they? <laughs> Pretty busy for the four years in yeah. between, you would think, <laughs> <laughs> playing yeah, Grand Prix and world events yeah, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. So, so you're looking for so a schedule, I'm I suppose. For a, for a schedule and so I, I, you know, played in whatever I could. There's not a lot of events to play in. As seniors. In Australia, there wouldn't no, be a lot? No, no, in the US. Right, okay. But the standard, there's a lot more depth over there. There's mm-hmm. some very good senior players. There's a lot of, you know, there's quite a few women playing off plus figures. So I wasn't on my own there. So there's some pretty decent golfers as a turn pro and really good amateurs. Did you feel like you went from, in some ways, big fish in a small pond mm. to little fish in a big pond? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I imagine in Australia still to yeah. this day in senior women's amateur, yeah. are you our number one ranked senior woman? I mean, I imagine you'd, if not, you'd well, be not in the top three. Well, not on the order three, of but, merit, but in terms but of the world rankings, the, yeah. The, you know, the, anybody yeah. who's teeing up in a tournament against you, they're looking at Sue Worcester as one of the favourites, I assume, here, in that sense. I guess, yeah. Yes. yeah. But yeah. you're not that over there, are you? Well, in America, I wasn't. When you, when you got there, no, when you first went, you're not that. And that's a change, isn't it? There's Yeah, yeah, and, and there was a big new world, you know, it's like... Sure. And, but it, it was new and it was exciting and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it was just – I remember going on the range at that tournament in the first US Senior Amateur I played in and there's all these women, like, packed the range and they're all like me. They're all clones of me. They're all like golf nuts. They're all, like, working on their game. They've got their – Trying new clubs some, and – Oh, you know, and, and just looking at their, you know, they're working on their technique uh-huh. and shot making and they're, like, practising for hours and – 
you know, they we go there and people spend eight hours a day at the golf course like they're professionals, uh-huh. even the senior women. So you felt you belonged? I felt like I belonged. I thought That's I a had big this. step, isn't it? Yeah, You've yeah, because I'm a little bit of an anomaly in, in Australia, really, uh-huh. because we haven't had that college system. And uh-huh. most women, men too, they get to my age, they... Not they've passed that. all that. Yeah, they've enough. They don't want to be competitive. Done they it. can't be bothered. Social they've done goal. it when they're younger. Yep. So I hadn't done it when I was younger, and that's probably why I'm still doing it, mm-hmm. because I never did it when I was younger. That's why I probably would have given up years ago. Well, I must say so. I get the feeling if we came back here in 20 years, you'd still be just <laughs> as competitive and finding a new arena to compete in with the, the, the over-75s. The I reckon I can win this over-75s <laughs> women's amateur. I'm convinced I can. Yeah, maybe. But... um. Yeah, so there was – it was like, so wow, this is like a whole new world I didn't know existed, so I wanted more of it. Um, and then so I had the goal of getting better to put myself in a position to win a US senior amateur maybe one day if I was lucky enough and my cards fell the right way and, and that turn. So for the first few years, when I played in some mid-amateurs and um, I think I've – I had to do a lot – had to do qualifying a lot of the time. I've, I think I've been successful with my USGA qualifying. I think I've only not qualified once. I think I probably tried to qualify ten times. Okay. Uh, I think I've only missed out on one mid amateur once, and um, so that's pretty pretty. Um, it says something about a player, doesn't it, Sue? I like the qualifying. I find I really can knuckle down in qualifying because you get one go, one eight in holes. This is it. This is it, and I think I have the ability just to grind it. And just go like... It's the ultimate you, pressure really, isn't it? That yeah. this is it. It's yeah. Sunday. I kind of love it but hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about co- competition. Mm-hmm. You love it and hate it because it's stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's testing I'll probably you, make it more it? stressful than it should be. But it is testing and it puts you outside your comfort zone and that's, that's other reasons I play golf, to be outside my comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, to put myself in new situations, to see, push myself and see what I'm made of, you know, and it makes you a stronger person. Too, what I do you think. reckon you're made of in hindsight? Well, not hindsight <laughs> so far. Oh, well, I think I'm still... <laughs> Pretty stern stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean it's I hard think, to say about yourself, Sue, but yeah, I think the you're pretty impressive, challenge, aren't you? <laughs> I think the biggest challenge in golf for any human being, no matter how good they are, you know, is, is what, what you think about yourself. You know, do you back yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in yourself? That is the hardest thing to do under pressure. That's what you need to do to win a tournament. You need to say something like, well, you know, well, someone's got to win this. Might as well be me. I mean, I never used to be like that, but now I'm like, I mean, once you've won things, it's, hard, it's easy to say, well, I've won before. But you still, you still have those same feelings arising, even no matter how much you've been successful. When you get in contention, you still have those feelings of doubt about yourself. And when you push through those feelings and you just back yourself, it's so powerful. It's really a good – it's the best feeling. You know, and sometimes you don't always pull it off. But it's just getting – it's just that vulnerability we have as human beings, you know. I think everyone's like that underneath. They never think they're good enough. You know, they're always looking at their faults. But I think if you can just say, well, I have faults, I'm not perfect, but I reckon I can do this. You know, I reckon I've... I reckon someone's got to do it. Might as well be me. 
you know, and just give it a go, give it a go. Like so many things in this game, Sue, easier said than Hmm. done. So where does that come from, do you think? Have you taught yourself that or is it in there to be uncovered? I remember we spoke once, I think you played in a match play event and you're five down with five to go and you won it on the 20th. And I remember asking you and saying to you, how did you do that? And it didn't make any sense to me at the time and it kind of does now. And you just said... Well, you just can't give up. Well, of course yeah. you give up. You're five down with five to yeah. play. Of course you give up. It's yeah. the only sensible course yeah, well, of action. Yeah, well, I think in golf, you don't. You, I think to be a good player, you, you, you can never give up. Mm. You always got to expect uh, – you never know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. You never know how many birdies are around the corner. You never know when your game's going to change. If you play match play, you don't know whether your opponent's going to falter, whether you're going to, you know, play out of your skin. Um, and you just – you know, with golf, it's just you – know, you know yourself, you play golf, as soon as you just, I don't know, just get a bit slack or go, I can't be bothered or whatever, your game just – I mean, you just start – you fall apart. You unravel. You can't – if you want to be a good player, you, you just have to keep grinding it and just, just keep working through it and punching through the walls, you know, and just – Give it your all. And, you know, you can't control what someone – the thing about you're not playing tennis. No. You know, you're not – the other person doesn't control the shot you hit back. You're in complete control in golf. So, really, whether you play match play or stroke play, you're on your own. And you just got to try and hit every shot as good as you can and hope that it's better than your opponent at the end of the day. It's a funny competition golf, isn't it, for that reason? Mm. Because I think of club golf and I've always thought this is wonderful about mm. it. You compete against everyone, but you don't directly compete against anybody. You ultimately only compete against yourself, which is why when your mate's playing well, you can be happy for him. Yes. And when he's playing badly, you can enjoy that just as much (laughs) as he does for you. It's a strange form of competition, isn't it, golf? Yeah, I mean, it's the most individual sport, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I think... I think because you have so much time out there and because you are standing still over the ball, it's not a non-reactive sport, you have s- s- your, your mind just goes to all sorts of places. Mm-hmm. But you have to train yourself. You said to me before, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. How do I believe in myself? And, you know, some days I wake up, it's harder than others. Okay. For whatever reason, you know, you, I don't know, you Just some days you just are more... Stronger in the mind than others. Some days you've got more energy than you have than other days. You know whether you've slept poorly, you've eaten poorly, whatever it is, or you've eaten well, or you've slept well. And you know we're, 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 there's ebbs and flows in your life all the time. And I just think um, I don't know. You, you, you can train yourself to think like that as well. You've got to find little tricks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's little tricks because those voices are always there. You know, you can either push them away, you can you can accept them. The two ways of dealing with them. Accepting them and let them just float off, or have methods to 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 change change the voice, change the um, you know the the me- the message that they're sending you, and so it's about I think it's about being just distracting yourself in golf from those thoughts too. Like I'm trying to distract myself by thinking about other things, like what? which helps. Oh no, just you know sometimes when you you're feeling under pressure and and you're starting to think, oh, you know. <laughs> this isn't going well. No, you might be thinking, oh, I have to hit a good, you know, like, you know. When big you, moments, big well, shot. When you get 
when you're under a big moment, your body naturally gets tenser. When you get tenser, your body doesn't move like it wants to move. So you have to try and learn ways of relaxing yourself so that it can do what you mm. needed to do to hit those shots. So, you know, you might, um, you might have a mantra. You just have a mantra. You might have a mantra, you know, like Annika Sorensen's mantra was fairways greens, fairways greens, which I do a lot. Fairways greens, fairways greens, fairways greens. You can talk... If you say fairways greens the whole way down the hole, there's not too much else that come into your head, can there? No, be? true. You might look around at the scenery and just go, oh, I'm so lucky. Look at this beautiful scenery. I'm so lucky I could be in other places today that are worse than, a lot worse than this. And, you know, you could think of something nice, you know, patting your animals, you know. Um, are these all actual thoughts you've yeah. had at big oh, moments? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're telling me you've stood yeah. at the US Women's Amateur and thought about patting your dog. Yeah, or singing songs in my head or just distracting yeah. myself and trying to have good thoughts, thoughts that relax me. Um, but then sometimes, some days that doesn't work. So you have to have a whole lot of different little tools that you've got mm-hmm. for different days. Because okay. sometimes those things that have worked on other days don't work on this day. So another day might be for me, for instance, um, I'll say to my husband, who's getting me, I'll say, so I'm in back nine mode now when the back nine hits. No talking for me, right. no talking. And I'm just like, I'm just hyper-focused, you know, and I don't talk, I don't react to anything, I don't analyse anything, I just hit the shot, play it and just... Go to the next one. Yeah, and just sort of try and block everything okay. out. But other days, like I said, things come into your head, so you have to deal with that. Because the truth is that's what golf's really about, isn't it? The, the physical hitting of the ball... Hmm. Has got nothing to do with any of that once you get to that level, does it? Yeah, at that, I think at that level, I think for people that are learning golf and are on high handicaps, you can be very good mentally, but it doesn't mean you'll play well because if you, unless you have the technique, some of the skill, that's right. You need to have a certain level of technique, yeah. um, and then get that supported by the mental side. But that helps that, that when you've got certainty. That I, helps know, you I know I can hit this shot, so I can yeah. afford to not worry about that aspect. Yeah, I mean, you don't always have, you can never have certainty in golf, no matter no. how good you are. You have to go out in golf expecting bad things to happen <laughs> because it, it usually does. So you go yeah. out there, expect it. So when it happens, you're not so upset. Upset. Yeah. Why do we play this game, Sue? <laughs> when you sit and think about it, it's insane, isn't it? But it's wonderful all at the same time. Yeah, I, I just think because, you know, it's always different. Even if you play the same course every day, it's always different. Mm-hmm. And it's – you never quite um, – you never master it. So if you are a goal-orientated sort of person – There's always something, isn't there? There's always something that you can work on, get better at. You didn't putt you know. well today. You didn't drive it well today. Yeah, you, you, you know, well you want to have your best you score. Yeah, you know, you want to break – whatever it is. Now, we didn't finish your resume, which we're going to do quick and then we're going to, we're going to okay. wrap it up because we're getting on. So – right. Let's forget about what, what have you won? What are your proudest victories? You've won some big events in North America, haven't you? So yeah. let, run me through your proudest sort of victories. Uh, so I won uh, the North and South, I think, three times. Mm-hmm. I've won the Canadian Seniors twice in the last couple of years. I won the Canadian Mid-Amateur last year. Um, so um, Do this may be one of your competitors. Do you need glasses? <laughs> I wear glasses. You don't. I can't believe that you don't. That's not fair. I, uh, I do sometimes for reading, but I won the Australian um, Golf Digest Senior Player of the Year in 2017. We'll edit that 17. out. We'll edit that bit out. <laughs> no, but why no, that's I'm pr- a great achievement. But why it? I'm proud of that is because that was I was selected from all men and women golfers, mm-hmm. both male, male and professional. 
So we've got some pretty hot that, senior oh, goals, pretty senior Peter Fowler. Yeah, so to win that, I was very honoured to win that. Uh, I, I, um, I've won the Australian, last year won the Australian Women's Senior Amateur, won the New Zealand Senior Amateur. And probably my most, and I was a member of the team, inaugural Tasman, Trans-Tasman Cup team, which is a, a group of, a team of senior women, um, Australian women and senior Australian, New Zealand women. And, and we, we beat the Kiwis? Yeah, we beat the so Kiwis. we beat the Kiwis, so, so that's yes, good, that's Kiwis. well done. That was over at the Grange. And um, my biggest achievement was actually not a win, it was my runner-up in the US Senior Amateur Championships in Florida this just last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite pull it off. And like I said, you know, I started playing when I was 50 in these and... Um, and that was the goal, wasn't it? Well, that was the goal. And that, that was the moment? And that was the moment. I, I, I played pretty good in the last round. I just... I was, my putting was just a little bit... It wasn't bad. She just putted better. Just she held a couple enough. of parts. Yeah. It wasn't quite good enough in the moment. And um, But it's given me drive to, you know... Get back out there so and... You're not done yet is what you're saying. No, right? I mean, that's a big tournament. We played 10 rounds of golf in eight days. And as you say, heat. it's the most competitive golf you it's can a, play. It's the highest, uh, highest ranked amateur S- event in the world. Yeah, serious players. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of good players. And, and all there for... All doing what you're doing, trying yeah. to peak for that event. It's kind of like it's the biggest title. Yeah, I had to play a, my best golf to get there I've ever played. There. Right. Yeah, so... Fantastic. I'm, I'm hoping next year I can... <laughs> It off, I guess that kind of answers what's next in a way, Sue, but you said something earlier that reminded me of something that Peter Senior said. You mentioned his name. When he won the Masters at Huntingdale mm. in 2015 at the age of 57, I'm going to say, 56, which was the big three in Australian golf yep. in his 50s, which is extraordinary. He said for him one of the most important things was the example that sets mm. to other people. He'd won so many things in his life mm. already. There was, a, there was a sense of achievement about the win. There was something that he hadn't had before, which was a, you know, just because you're 50 or 55, mm. don't give up. I, I sensed that you were sort of saying something similar before. So so I guess how do you just keep doing what you're doing to be an inspiration? Have you got ideas of other ones? Do you mentor young people? Or do well, you- when I, as I said, you know, I want, I'm not doing this forever, so I'd like to work with young um, elite girls mm-hmm. um, down the track. That's what I would like to do and help. Um, you know, fix squads or, you know, the VI work maybe in conjunction with the VIS or something like that. Um, no, I like to give back to golf and work with the young girls, young elite players. I'm sure I could be of some sort of help and um, for the girls with all my experience. But, um, yeah, I, I also, as I said, I'm doing it for myself. But, like Peter Senior said, when you win something at that age and our age... Um, you like to think that other people can look at you and go, "Gee, maybe I can, maybe maybe I can reach that goal that I'm that I said. Maybe that isn't too much of a goal for me. Maybe if I put the work in, and you always have to put work in to reach goals, because people say to me, "Oh yeah, but Sue, you're crazy. You know, you practice and no one else does it." I said, "But I choose to do that. Mm-hmm. You can choose to do mm, it too if you want to. You know, um, if you want to, and everyone wants to get better at golf." I don't know, there's one person that doesn't play, I wouldn't know. That Everyone wants to be better, Sue. Yeah, but Most of us won't put in the effort to yeah, get better. Yeah, a lot better. of That's people don't enjoy practice because they don't practice the right, right way, way and make it fun. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to learn how to make it fun by playing little games and and competing, you know, and playing competitions with other people and all those sorts of things. But I think 
you know, not just golf, but any perhaps mm-hmm. more so sport, you know, um, that you can still, you know, you're not, <laughs> you're not over the hill when you're in your 50s. You can still be, I mean, pr- competitive golf's unfortunately lucky for us that we can play competitively at that age. They're not every sport. You can do that. You can't do AFL football and, you know, it's a number of obviously sure. sports you can't still do. But you can come to golf after those, which a lot do. Well, yeah, they do. And, and they go, I do. wish I played when I was And every one of them says, I wish I'd taken this up when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like to think that some, you know, that I can, you know, inspire people to, to reach their goals, you know, if as even if they feel they're too difficult because it hasn't been easy for me. It is difficult. You know, it is difficult. It's the myth, isn't it? It's not easy for anyone, is it? It's not easy no. for Tiger Woods. No. He's, he's good at golf, but he's not that much better than others that No, and he's easy. had all those injuries as well. well. I mean, and he just keeps coming back. Yeah, he keeps coming back. And you've got to admire him for that. You Very really much, do. yeah. Good mm. point. Well, see, you've inspired me. Oh, thank you. I reckon I'm going to get my handicap down to nine one day. What's your handicap now? Yeah, we don't want to. It's 11 at the moment. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's, not so it's hardly a huge goal, is it? Uh, no. Getting down to single figures is a big goal. It is a big goal. It's a big goal. I've been to 9.63 times and never got there. All three times. It's up there. You're absolutely. Easier said than done, (laughs) Sue. It's been fabulous to talk to you today. Thank you. We've come back to where we started. Thank you for, uh, for, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed and taken something. I think everybody can take something from your story and the way you've done it. So thanks very much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Normally, that would be the end of our chat, but as is often the case with these things, Sue and I continued to talk after the stop button was pressed, and it was during this informal discussion that Sue started making some revelations about the pressure of high-level competitive golf that I felt I just had to capture. For all of us who'll never know what it's like to play for something truly important, there is some fascinating insights in this bonus content from Sue. Sometimes I don't want to play, you just said to me. What do you mean? Yes, I'll, I'll enter an event and, and I'm all excited about playing in it. But when you enter an event, it takes months before it actually mm-hmm. starts. But then I was just saying I, I suffer from anxiety. So not just with golf, generally Just speaking. generally. You're you know, not every day. I, no, don't, I don't have to deal with it every day. But, from t- you, know, you know, I do suffer from anxiety. And so I have my challenges there and it's a big challenge when you play golf, especially competitively because some days – so I'm all excited about playing in the event but say, you know, a week before the event I start thinking about it and as much as I'm sort of happy to play and I'm not happy to play in it, it's sort of a love-hate thing and then I start to get anxious and then I have all those who talking before about the doubts – Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you shouldn't be playing in it or I'm not going to play well this week. And it's like I'm trying to sabotage myself. And um, it's not the best space to be in. And sometimes I get to the tournament and I seriously feel like I could pull out of it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I n- no, have you ever done that? I've never pulled out of it. Because, you know, and, you know, with anxiety, it, it, it comes and goes. It's not there every day and, and something can trigger it or um, it's – and I think when you're in a pressure situation, it services more if you tend to be that way. Mm. So golf is like that competitive, especially, you know, the, the first round of a tournament, you know, and, and everyone's nervous, mm-hmm. you know. And some days I'm just nervous. Some days I'm nervous and anxious, and anxious. As, as well. It comes from fear. Yeah creates anxiety and so 
Fear's not the best emotion to have on a golf course. <laughs> no. Fear of the of the um the bad shot. Yeah. Just whatever that is. Yeah. And even um so I just that's why you practice. That's so, why you put the time in because you gotta you gotta you gotta have some sort of cushion in there, you know, you've got to have something to fall back on. You can't be telling yourself lies. You can't say, oh, well, I've done all this practice, so I should be okay. You have to actually have done it. Don't kid yourself. If you're going to tell yourself something, tell yourself something that's real. You've got to believe it. I was saying before, you've got to be real. Mm. Mm. You know, if you haven't practiced whatever shot you're trying to hit, then, but you know that you can do it. You know you can stand on the range and you can hit it over and over and over. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it now. It's just a golf shot, isn't it? It's just a golf shot. You kind of go, but I... I like – that helps me block – I was talking about being distracted, blocking out everything. It's just like you just have to do it. It's like someone's got a gun to your head. Mm. <laughs> I've told a few friends this, I laugh about it, but it's true. Someone's got a gun to you and says I – mean, people will do two things in this situation. They say, you have to hit the best shot of your life. I'm going to shoot, shoot you, let's just say. And this is the extreme. Mm. Sometimes you need extreme thoughts to get the result. Sometimes you don't even have to think much at all. You can just hit the shot. It just depends on how you are at the time, on the day. And so I'll just, you know, it's like if someone's sort of, if someone's got a gun to my head, I don't have any choice to live. I have to hit a great shot. So it blocks everything out. I just give it my all. And you know, well, some people might just crumble. Freak out. Well, most, <laughs> you know, most but, of you us, know, I but, crumbled. <laughs> you know, like just thoughts like that or I'll say, you know, if if you want to really win this, and people say don't think about winning, but I, I do. <laughs> you don't have any choice. It's up to you. You've got a choice. You either hit a great shot or you don't. So you might as well try and hit a great shot. Like just, just, just give it your all. Just let your body just go. Let it move how it needs to move. Just, just hit it all. Even if it just, just get it there somehow. Just get it to that target. Even if you don't put the best swing on it in your life, just... Get it to the target somehow. Get the ball in the hole somehow. What a fascinating peek behind the curtain there from a golfer who I think we can all agree has achieved her goal of providing some inspiration, particularly for those of us on the other side of 50. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Sue Wooster. Make sure to come back next time when we'll meet Australian golf's ultimate power couple, Bob and Kathy Shearer.